Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here, your host for this fine Tuesday evening. Uh, I don't know how well you can see this, but yes, that is still a blister from the TKO. Blood blisters are awesome, and we're going to be doing a lot of talking about the 2015 Kinda Tennessee knockout. So Seat Time, quickly, brought to you by the fine folks at Fly Racing. Of course, those guys are awesome. Kinda Tire USA and Stillwell Performance. We're going to definitely talk about our sponsors and all the other fun stuff a little bit later. But currently, we've got Cody Webb, and he's going to be on a couple other radio shows this evening. So while we've got him, we're going to talk to him and uh, make sure that his hair is set and ready to go throw that boomerang. So, Mr. Cody Webb, how is your Tuesday evening going? Uh, Tuesday's been good. Uh, I was trying to rebuild my practice bike motor, and the KTM has evil clips to get the piston back in. And I'm going to have to finish that tomorrow because I had to rush home and do this interview. So it's been good besides that. I like it. I like how you say you have to rush home and do this interview because last week, you know, you were like, oh, my gosh, yeah, we'll love to talk about the TKO before we go. It's the same time Johnny Walker's on. But no, you went and rode mountain bikes. Yeah, well, I committed myself this time. I like it. You're you're a man of your word, and that's why we enjoy having you on the show. That and you're really tall, and tall people are awesome. So holy shit, three-time TKO winner. Three years in a row. I mean, it's like back to back to back. I mean, that's damn impressive. So just quick, you know, you and I have talked about it. I know a lot of other people have. We haven't done it on the show. Thoughts on the weekend? The weekend was almost spot on, really. I mean, I got there not quite as early as everyone else, but did a lot of prep on the short course and really knew my line and where I wanted to go, and that's crucial. And, you know, I had surgery a couple weeks back so i've been trying to rehab from that and i uh was definitely feeling good but i think i tried to overtrain a little bit last minute and was had a pretty like sore tweaked shoulder coming to the event and you know i qualified really well and uh the two knockout rounds uh didn't do as well as i would have liked to uh didn't do as well as last year but you know i kind of did what i had to do save some energy was still in the front row and Apparently, I wasn't the one with the most gas left in the tank at the uh, end of the race. Holy crap. That is very true. I think you, uh, Johnny Walker was in second. Now you had him beat by like a minute and 43 seconds, I believe, is what I was reading, um, some of the official numbers. That's really impressive. Now, we know that Johnny Walker may have gotten a little sick. Taylor Robert was having issues keeping up with everybody, but that's racing. We all know that, that that's part of the deal. And what you've learned when you've traveled to Europe and doing some of the Super Enduro rounds is the times you try to come in and come out really quick, it's horrible. It never goes very yeah. well. And so I think that you know some of the guys that are, gonna, that are the heavy hitters, if you will, from Europe are going to start learning that they've got to come over earlier if they really want to compete at the level that somebody like yourself and like Taylor Robert obviously is uh, able to do. So one of the questions that I wanted to, 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 gain, to grow upon, you and I talked after the hot laps before you guys started the first round of the TKO, and you mentioned that you wanted to make a little bit of bike changes. More specifically, I believe it was gearing, just because some of the things are a little bit different from the short, faster enduro cross to these little bit longer, more almost endurance e to enduro cross anyway type of extreme enduros so in the sense of like we're all noobs can you explain a little bit of what you felt that you were kind of like okay i need to make some gearing changes so we can kind of maybe start to compute what that would feel like to us yeah i mean i, I think it's definitely 
something when you have an outdoor national for motocross people, you know, you're wide open, you're clicking third, fourth gear, you're, you're carrying a lot of speed. And in and Supercross, they're all really sharp U-turns and right out of a corner you have a jump and you kind of need that instantaneous torque to get the bike to get over the jumps. And, you know, in Endurocross, the tracks, uh, you know, you can't have a rock section that's the length of the whole arena. Otherwise, it'll be way too tough and kind of really takes the racing aspect out of it. So in Endurocross, you know, the rock sections are a lot shorter and, you know, you can carry speed to the berms a little more. So, you know, my bike's actually geared a little bit taller for Endurocross. And I thought I could run the same gearing for the TKO, similar like extreme event. I thought it'd be like Endurocross, but I didn't quite have that low end power I, I wanted after riding that hot lap. And, you know, I kind of made some bike changes, so it, it made it easier for me and wasn't having to fatigue out my clutch fingers much trying to keep the power up and not stalling it. Right on. And is that one of those situations where you hear of a lot of people, and I'm making this relation to some testing that I've done recently where, you know, I felt like I was doing way too much shifting with the, running the stock gearing, which was a 50 in the rear. I went to a 52 in the, in the rear. Well, I went a little bit bigger so then I could get a little bit more torque and I can just play around in third gear a lot more now on my 350. Is that kind of the same relation where you would go bigger for more of that torque or no? Yeah, I did the same as I think. I went to a bigger sprocket in the rear and okay. it made second gear way more user-friendly for me. I threw the rocks and I can pretty much, you know, everything technical I was in second. I maybe shifted to first a couple times here and there, but, uh, you know, I can just really lug it and had that torque in second and a lot of the faster TKO pace stuff, I was in third and fourth a lot, and it was really pulling good through out of the corners. Yep. Um, you know, my dad asked a really good question on the way home, and he goes, you know, I was really surprised to not see more four strokes. Uh, and I was like, well, you know, I, I get it. Uh, I really enjoyed riding my two-stroke out here, but I had a lot of fun on my 350. And so him and I had quite the discussion. James Hill was involved in that on our nice little 12-hour drive home. But from you, let's hear. I would like to hear it from you. Why do professional racers choose two strokes if they have the ability to over a four stroke in events like this? It, it definitely has to do with the weight and the the issue of the bike overheating. You know, the two stroke is just so much lighter, and you you know after all day of riding through rocks, you know, think about carrying a backpack on your on your back with 20 pounds worth of rocks in it all day, you're definitely going to be a lot more tired compared to just walking around. And you know, just the way the weight feels on the two stroke, it's definitely takes a lot less energy during the course of a day and you can be a lot more precise. Uh, I feel like I can pick apart lines on the two stroke and if I get out of control, I can kind of get, get it back in place again. The four stroke, sometimes I feel like I'm just there for the ride and hanging on. Right. And definitely overheating issues. You know, the four strokes just definitely run hotter. And you're going a lot slower in these extreme races. You get stuck. You start revving. You're pissed off. You're hung up in a tree. It happened to me once, and I even overheated the two strokes. So, <laughs> you know, you, you definitely, uh, you know, I think uh, I think it was a couple years ago, King of Motos, I fell. And, uh, you know, we ended up using Gatorade and stuff to get the two stroke going, or the four stroke going again just because I lost so much coolant and 
the two-stroke, you can pretty much run off almost nothing and keep it going. Yeah, you could literally pee in the radiator and probably make it keep going. That's interesting. We, we did, did that have... last year, actually, at King of Motos with Max. Nice. That's a, so did he... We each took turns holding the bike for each other and kind of turned the other way to fill it up. <laughs> it's even better when you're like, dude, I don't even care anymore. Just pee in the damn thing. Just whip it out and pee, please. Let's keep yeah, going. I it's, need like... to get that. It's, it's dark out now. Yeah. In Colorado, when I was on my 125 one day, way back, obviously, in the 90s, uh, we were using snow and urine to one time. Yeah. And I, like the same kind of thing, just overheated too much and had to keep repacking it. Um, but that's interesting. And I think a lot of people have maybe had those kind of mental questions about the two-stroke versus four-stroke. We all probably have thoughts on why we think you guys are making those choices. So thanks for kind of giving a little bit of uh, a little bit more pinpoint details on why someone like yourself would be riding a two-stroke over a four-stroke. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel? about the format of the second round. And the way the reason I ask this, because it's, it's talking to different people in the pits, um, some in the industry, some not in the industry, people were kind of talking, they say maybe the, the, the five by five, and then, you know, what is it, the top two or top three out of that five are the ones that advance instead of it being based off of time for uh, everyone uh, in the field. It, you know, just maybe just leaving like five by five per row would make more sense in doing it enduro style at that point like they do for the amateurs. I, I didn't know if you guys ever discussed that, if it matters. I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I have the confidence to be up front at, those, at that deal, so it doesn't really stress me out. But, you know, some of the guys who uh, are trying it for the first time, they're a little bit out of their element. And, you know, there can be a lot of heavy hitters in the same race, and you're going to lose, you know, one of the top guys out of the main event, which is unfortunate, but, you know, you look at Supercross, you look at Endurocross, it's kind of that same format where sometimes guys are unlucky and they just don't make it into the main event. I mean, there's only 15 guys there and there's 25 riders who are super talented. It's, you know, you got to be that elite upper portion of it to uh, make it in the main event. And, you know, sometimes it's the luck of the draw that you get in the crappy heat, heat or group of five and you don't end up making it. Yeah. Okay. No, and, yeah, and that's a, a legitimate response. Again, like I was kind of like, huh, you know, as an outside racer, obviously not ever thinking that I would be in a situation where I needed to worry about that. I have never, I guess, t- torn apart uh, or, or kind of nitpicked you know, the rules, if you will, and how, how they move forward. So, oh, yeah, but in, in your goal, yeah, you have the mental confidence you come into it and you're like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to win because I need to win. I need to get that mental confidence going into the last round so you're not thinking, oh, gosh, so-and-so is going to beat me from that kind of stuff. So um, one thing we didn't, because we kind of jumped into the interview, we didn't talk about the chat room. So there is a chat room right now, tlk.io slash seat time, and we've actually got some good discussions. Some local Texas guys are making fun of each other, and they're actually asking questions at the same time. So it's kind of perfect. So one of them was, what do you do between the races to keep from cramping up like a girl? And then they say, yes, I cramped up. So obviously, I mean, I cramped up, but as at the same time, they cramped up. So uh, any response to them and their Yeah. Well, well, first off, you know, it doesn't start the day of the race. It starts well ahead of time. You know, you got to make sure you're top physical shape before you get to the race instead of that's why they call it training ahead of time, you know. Luck favors are prepared and, you know. I feel like I'm in pretty good shape and prior, like the day before the event, I'm already trying to hydrate as much as is possible and I'm walking the course, knowing all my lines and drinking as much water and in between each moto, uh, I was actually drinking some water and salt just to help try and retain the water and, you know, a lot of people try bananas. I was actually eating avocado and 
tuna kind of all matched up because you can digest it well and tuna's got a lot of protein avocado's got plenty of potassium in it and healthy fats so i kind of go off the uh a little bit of that caveman style kind of like yourself i know you're the gluten-free guy yep right epic bites there they are so you know a lot of people do carbo loading stuff the night before uh that's not something i really believe in and it's all just kind of preference what your body you'll find out over time what your body accepts and doesn't but you know you just got to start ahead of time two days or a day before hydrating as much as possible and make sure you're prepared for that kind of riding prior to showing up race day and realizing oh crap i'm cramping up i'm i'm not i wasn't ready for this ahead prior to it yep and it's uh one of the things that i did too and i was actually worried when i went to the line because i was just for the afternoon race on saturday in the amateur portion of uh of the racing because i was just a tad bit hungrier than I wanted to be going into the race, but I specifically made sure that I that I very slowly ate. You know, you know, I had like uh, what did I have? I had an epic, I had an epic bar, one of the one of the lamb epic bars, and then I had one of the Luna protein bars. Um, and with that, but I ate them very spaced out and tried to give myself. And I kind of wanted to keep myself just a little hungry going into that event because I was afraid that if I felt full, that it would just the second I start moving, it would just drag like, you down. Yeah, it would drag me down. Where if I go in just a scotch bit hungry, my body's gonna try to like just use all the the the, the nourishment I gave it during that time, during that break. Uh, I don't know, and it worked. I didn't, you know, the second we go, I didn't get to that point where I felt like I was either gonna shit myself or uh, that I didn't eat enough. Uh, which obviously yeah. both of those is a plus. Neither of those you want to have happen. So it's always it's always interesting. Well, cool. I'm glad we got that. Because that was a fun question. I like, I like that kind of stuff. We were talking about Epic. So for those of you who don't know, Epic Bites, what's funny about this, the reason why I left these out and wanted to show these to Cody, is he's all walking around and Cody's gluten-free and I've been gluten-free for a long time. Uh, these are, I'm, uh, I don't know if I'm gluten-free, but I... You eat it as much as you can. The least amount as possible. Like, I like it. I like it. And it's interesting is Epic Bites came out a handful of months ago and I was eating the shit out of these in Colorado on the Seatum Adventures which was awesome and I saw Cody wandering around with them so I was super stoked on that so I wanted to show you this though um, they've got these the Hunter Harvest Mix I don't know even Cody if you've had these if you haven't you need to check these out everybody else should too so it's got like beef jerky on one side and then it's got kind of the, the Hunter Gatherer or the, the Harvest Mix on the other side so like nuts and some other bits um, so good shit. This is the kind of stuff that's really good to have between the races, and you probably wouldn't even want to eat all this. Um, but healthy this is, fats and proteins. Healthy fats and proteins. So that's the way to do it. Uh, no McDonald's. Uh, don't do like my dad and say, "Hey, well, I mean, you know, if we got some of those frozen dinners, you want to eat that the night before?" Fuck no. You don't. Want <laughs> that's not what you want to reheat. I, had, I think I had chicken and broccoli, and it was like spot on. It was so perfect. So it's good time. So that's food's an interesting discussion. Another interesting discussion is the Fly 360 camera that you had on your helmet. Um, I, I don't know if this is, a, this is a new deal for you. I know you said that there was some, 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 some testing things. We're just seeing how it was going. But um, do you, how much do you know about these guys? What's in the works? Have you got any new projects coming up that we can know about in the future? Um, you know, they're, they're just about ready to release the new product. Uh, they're still working on the apps and software. The camera... You know, it's it's really awesome in itself, the fact that it records 360 degrees all around. But the the biggest part of it is in all the coding and software behind it. It's crazy the editing options you have with this camera. I mean, you see the GoPro has like those get killer shots where people swivel this bar on their head that's like 
three feet long, you hit a tree, you get decapitated. It doesn't seem like the smartest thing to get that full 360 view. So, you know, with, with this, it's just a small little thing, maybe a little bit bigger than the size of a golf ball, and the editing options are unreal. And, you know, they, uh, I had someone approach me about running it at the TKO because they wanted to get a bunch of footage and play with it. And, you know, I hopped right on board with that. And, you know, I'm just kind of like a tech-savvy guy. I'm from the Silicon Valley, so... I was really intrigued by the software with it and I just thought it was awesome and you know I ran it for them and they were there and really helpful and it'd be cool to uh, start running that all the time and see what I can get for footage. Cool. Well, we're super stoked on those. We got a chance to do some 360 uh, filming with a different camera in Colorado. They're super fun to play with. We have ordered one of the 360 flies. Super stoked on that to come in. Um, so it'll be interesting. I know we're going to have to let you go very soon. Last question though, let's talk about the Maxxis prototype tire that you were running. Um, it's cool to see Maxis jumping on board. I know that you're going to be running that or have been running that in some of the Enduro Crosses. So kind of talk us through a little bit about that process of how that's got started. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been running that tire all year. Uh, kind of been keeping it unwrap, under wraps in the beginning. It was, it was a pretty much prototype straight. Got it, you know, barely a couple weeks before Daytona. But I've been really happy with it. You know, Dunlop kind of hopped in the game right off the bat a few years ago and made their tire only available to the pro teams. Like I wasn't even running them when I was on beta the first, first little bit and started getting my hands on them. And man, it's, it's unreal advantage having those cheater tires. So that's what I call them. Cheater tires. I guess they're gummy tires too, but you know, I, I signed with the RPM racing team and one of our main sponsors is Maxis and I warned them at a time. I'm on, I told them straight up that if you guys want me to win, I'm not going to sign for you unless Maxis makes a gummy tire, and I was straightforward with that. And they stepped up to the plate, and uh, Dunlop, you know, they were kind of the only guys making them. And then Kenda's hopped on board now and making them, and Maxis is now. Uh, I know Kenda and Dunlop are available to the public. Uh, Dunlop's really expensive, but I'm basically still in testing stages, and we're working out. Uh, I think we got the compound dial, and now we're going to work with different molds. And I think next year, Maxis is going to be making those available to the public. And I think they're going to be more affordable than some of the other options already out there, so it should be good to go. That's epic. And if if you're looking for a gummy tire to have the Cody Webb stamp of approval, why not have the one that he pretty much designed and tested and and said, that's my tire, bitches. I think uh, that could I be I got to take this call now. All right. Thank you, Cody Webb, for being on Thank the show. We'll chat Sorry, soon. I'm double-timed here. No, you're cool. Take it easy, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Peace. So the reason why Cody went at the jump off is Pit Pass Radio is on at the same time. And obviously, just winning the TKO, he's got to go get on that show, and that's awesome. So we appreciate him for his time. So some of the other stuff that we were going to try to talk about is, yes, he did have surgery on his feet like five weeks ago, and he had to uh, heal up from that. I mean, that is insane to think that he's going to go. He's like, holy crap, I've got to do this race. But no, I'm going to go ahead and get and go surgery and have some hardware removed. So that is absolutely insane that he decided to do that. It's interesting that he had to soar and tweak shoulder. Um, I would have liked to have known more about that. Maybe we'll get him on in the next couple weeks, uh, maybe even months, and we'll see how that goes. Um, growth of the event is one thing that's going to be interesting as we continue to see this event grow. Uh, Red Bull this year obviously was the, I wouldn't say title sponsor. It's the Kenda Tennessee knockout. They've always been, but it's been, it's been, what is it, energized by or whatever by Monster Energy, fueled by Monster Energy is what it was. But not anymore, I don't think. There was a lot of Red Bull um, there. Now, granted, we didn't see 
the huge Red Bull presence like you would typically see at a Red Bull event. But they had some of their Red Bull photographers there. They had some Red Bull of uh, uh, video guys there. Obviously, Johnny Walker coming in. He is a Red Bull. A- I mean, he is he's excuse me one of the prime motorcycle Red Bull athletes. So that's pretty wicked uh, that we're going to see that. So does that mean that Red Bull TV next year is going to be there doing it live? And if that's the case, how do I host the event, Stephen? What do you think? Do you think that's possible? I think we. Sh- I think they should just hire us to run the live event. Yeah, that way I can host it. We can be there. We can do the live event. It's not like it's a big deal. We've done it before. We can handle doing it again. Uh, you know, I'll probably clean it up a little bit for uh, national Red Bull TV. But hey, you know, I mean, I might wear pants if people are lucky. I don't know. I think that could be fun. But I'm super excited to see how that could grow the event. So that's going to be pretty damn wicked. So as we go ahead and get Hunter lined up, he'll probably be on here in a little bit. I wanted to ta- I wanted to take a chance to say thank you to our sponsors that do sponsor Seat Time now that Cody Webb is on the other radio show. Oh, sigh. But of course, Fly Racing. So those of you seen, once you see some video footage, once we get the Riding with Woody edited together of me this weekend, I was out there running my Kinetic Mesh gear. There was a bunch of our friends, Chuck Taylor, he was out there running his Fly Kinetic Mesh gear. I know that our next guest, Hunter, was in his Kinetic Mesh gear. So everybody was out there trying to be as cool as possible. So if you're out there riding and you're going, oh my gosh, it's just a little too hot, check out flyracing.com or go to your local dealer and ask to try out some of the Kinetic Fly, the Kinetic Mesh gear, because that's the way that you want to stay cool during the summer. It's epic, and in the way that I say it, it keeps your balls from getting too sweaty, which is always a good thing. Um, of course, Kinda Tire USA. So we were talking about Kinda Tire, which is kindatire.com is where you can learn more about those guys. I did have a chance to run one of their kind of uh, higher end gummy tires, as uh, Cody Webb called it, the cheater tire. It was it's the Equilibrium compound with the Washugal uh, mold. So pretty darn bitchin' tire to run. Absolutely loved it. Uh, again, I ran the Equilibrium in Colorado. Uh, equally as good, but the only thing that I think that that knobby was just a little bit better in the TKO is because when it got aggressive and I really needed to be on the throttle and that 350 wanted to grip because I was trying to go fast, not just um, stay upright and, and attack wet, slippery rocks, I found the knobbies dug in a little bit more and were a lot better. So if you have to go between the two, that's the way I would go with the knobbies. But think about it. You know, the equilibrium is just as good. And I was running tubeless, so I was around 8 PSI. So, you know, if anybody else there wants to try that kind of stuff out. And triple sticky in the front. So great stuff. And then, of course, Stillwell Performance. So stillwellperformance.com to learn more about those guys. But I ran Stillwell Performance suspension that was valved for my 2015 350XC. And it rocked awesomeness. So again, we had Alan Stillwell on the show, and we talked a lot about what was going to be happening um, suspension-wise for setting up for Colorado. Once I learned, once I got settings that I really liked in Colorado, I wrote everything down so that way I could adjust to them. Uh, once we, once we kind of went to, once we went to the TKO, and it was awesome. I think for the afternoon race, I actually just backed up my compression um, uh, two clicks more. And then sped up my rebound two clicks more, just because I just wanted that front end to be a little bit freer as we were trying to go just a tad bit faster in some of those nasty, gnarly, rocky sections. So that's kind of what I think. But definitely, you can go to stoolperformance.com to learn more about that. If uh, you, you maybe you were at the TKO and you're like, oh my gosh, I really need help with my suspension, or maybe you're thinking about going next year, definitely worth checking out. There are going to be there. Are, obviously, this event is growing with Red Bull coming in, and there are more and more extreme enduros and kind of enduro local enduro cross events coming up 
that are starting to pop up all around the uh, the country, regionally and nationally. So definitely check out Stillwell Performance. Um, so we got people in the chat room again. Cooks looked all right, went by, sprawled on the ground. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree that Cook looked uh, interestingly when he was sprawled on the ground. Why is he halfway? Hunter has no idea what's going on with technology, does he? Look at that guy. He's all cockeyed on us. So when he turns it, watch, it's going to not turn. Weird, man, Hunter, man, what the heck? We'll see how his uh. Oh gosh, I love it. So you guys, if you're if you're looking for a good chat room, tonight's the night. Tok.io/slash seat time. Of course, that is uh. We've got a bunch of Texas guys talking shit in there right now because they were racing this past weekend. We're about to get here talking with Hunter. So maybe you're a ripper from the Northeast and you've got some questions. You've got some good stuff to ask Hunter, or you want to talk to him about it. Um, that's the way to do it. So let's just let's just see how this goes. Hunter, can you hear us? And yeah, dude, oh, yeah. what up? I uh, dude, nothing much. It says my my phone's locked on. Rotation thing. I don't know. It's weird. You, you don't know what's going on over there. You're just like stuck in in uh, New England land. It says see if your phone is locked on. Rotation is vertical. So, I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. You look you look pretty regardless. So we'll just make it work. Is it? Do I look kind of straight, or is it like weird? Now, now you're uh, not. What do you want to call it, Stephen? Sideways. That's yeah, what I would call it. Sideways. sideways. <laughs> okay. Um. Wait, but so are you though? You're sideways on my screen too. That's weird. Well. Yeah, I just, I just go. Yeah, I just, I just place it on the desk like that, and we'll just roll with it. All right, that good? Yeah, yep. There it is. Is that an Andrew DeLong jersey in the background? Oh yeah, got Andrew and and Tomac. (laughs) Oh heck yeah, all the sevens. That's interesting. All right. Oh, uh, so Hunter Casey Quinn from Wisconsin says hi. Is that a dude or a chick? That's a dude. That's a dude. Okay, I was just kind of like, I don't know if a chick is just like in the chat room like, hey, buddy, what's up, Hunter? <laughs> but no. it happens yeah. with the best of us. Don't worry, the chat room, man, they all they all do the same to me too. <laughs> Not right so, dude, um, I have to ask, what, what, why did you come down to do the Tennessee knockout? Uh, I kind of... It was actually last minute a little bit um, through uh, uh, Mike Tosh from uh, uh, Kenda Tire. He asked if I wanted to run it because he could get me a spot. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, because I saw the videos from last year. And it's, I don't know why, dude, but I love that extreme stuff. It's, it's like, because it's so different from, from like everything else. It's, it's like an even playing field every time you go to one because it's just so gnarly. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, uh, it was it was awesome getting to meet you, your dad, and just see the enthusiasm that you guys brought down from the Northeast. And so I thought it was kind of interesting. I was just like, oh, my God. It, it really it made me think a lot about me and my dad. You know, obviously, we're probably you know 10 to 15 older than all you guys are, but that's okay. That's just the way it works. It's, I was born earlier. But uh, so it was cool to be able to kind of see it from the outside looking in. You guys look like you have a ton of fun riding together and going to all these races. So, but uh, 
once you got a chance to come down and compete at the TKO, did you go, oh my gosh, I need to practice for this? Did you do anything specific to try to prepare yourself physically or mentally? Uh, you know, it was one of those things where, I mean, up here in uh, New England, we have a lot of rocks, and but I mean, it's it wasn't quite like that. I mean, that was something special, you know, with just like with the whole waterfall section and and just the 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 massive hills. It was crazy. Like it's not really anything like we have have out here, um, but it was. It's definitely something, something pretty uh, special. <laughs> yeah. No. In the, t- the the Tennessee knockout, this was my second year to be able to attend, and uh, I I had an amazing experience last time. Even though I only was able to do the two hour event in the morning, but then we got this year was able to qualify for the afternoon. And it's what's neat is what you're talking about. How it's kind of that even playing field is even though we went back to the exact same place this year, they made a few minor changes. Is it's totally different it's nothing like where you would go ride the same trail you know in your own local place and it would feel the same like you could almost not even notice the 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 way that it was the same thing from last year so i totally get what you're saying about how it kind of with the even playing field and stuff like that um but with very little obviously time to prepare you kind of just threw your bike in the truck and headed down um you know mentally somebody like yourself who's a j-day ripper you're doing netra you're up there racing all these hair scrambles i mean how did you kind of think okay i'm gonna have to attack all these technical you know these technical sections different than i would you know say obviously something that's less technical i you know it's uh actually uh a good friend of mine uh uh ben kelly who's who's a pretty fast guy up here um he kind of like he kind of got me in that mental state where to just go out and just ride, like because I talked to him before and I was like I was real nervous about it and then like and he kind of told me like just ride and that's exactly what I did and it it cleared my head and I ended up having a really really great weekend with a lot of problems uh, bike wise. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, dude, I was just riding. Outriding. That's it. That's epic, dude. I think that that's the way to look at it. Uh, that's the. I mean, that's the way that I try to look at a lot of this stuff now. Like people are always like, "Why do you work out so much?" Blah blah blah. And I believe me, it's not like I'm trying to to accomplish anything crazy in CrossFit. It's just that I feel like with being at that box here in McKinney and working out as much as I do, it's kind of that chance to be prepared for a little bit of everything. Because I don't get to ride my dirt bike on the weekends and all that kinds of stuff as much as I used to now with all the family and all the other stuff that, that we have going on in our lives. So being physically prepared for it really helps. But then the other side of that is the mental preparation. And finally, I've gotten myself to a place where I can get up to these events and just go, remember, it's just about having a good time. And that's why, for me, it was so easy to not ride on Sunday and just commit to taking the pictures like I had originally, even though I had qualified, because I had so much damn fun on Saturday. Now, granted, the other side of that was I did walk the hot lap, and I was like, oh, hell no. I was like, this is still pretty much a new motorcycle, and I need to make sure it gets home in a rideable condition. Uh, and, And your bike almost didn't, you know... Make it through what the first three miles of the first event. So now that we kind of know, holy crap, Hunter's just a badass. You're super fast on a dirt bike. You don't have any uh, practice techniques. You just you just ride awesomeness really well. What was going on? What happened with the bike that made you have to turn around and go find some JB Weld? Oh, um, 
It was in one of the first rock gardens on uh, the first knockout round on Saturday, just for the qualifying. I hit something. I I must have tagged a tree with my handguard. Uh, it was literally like just like two miles into the first uh, uh, to the first lap, and I I totally wadded up. Like like my bike went off the trail and down this like little ravine, and I was face down on the ground. My face mask ripped off, and my helmet, my visor broke. And then I got back up and I pulled my bike out and I started riding and, and I smelled like, you know, I smelled like a lot of oil burning and I looked down and it was just pouring out of the bottom of my motor and I was like, oh, no. And, uh, and then thankfully I found my dad and I told him what happened and we raced back and and he found uh, some uh, JV Weld and and kind of started working on it, and uh, Corey uh, uh, Graf Hunter was helping out too, and and we got it going, and it came back for a 28th in the first one, and then uh, yeah, it was it was definitely kind of one of those things where you thought your day was done like right away. Oh, dude, it's like it's insane. Now, granted, I, okay, so. I qualified 23rd out of the first two-hour event, but I didn't really have any bike issues. I, 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 I messed up a couple times in a couple areas and all that kinds of stuff. I was super stoked, super stoked on 23rd out of that two-hour race. But to think that you got 28th and you had to turn around and JB Weld your crankcase and then get back on the track and keep going, it's like... That blows that, my mind, dude. Blows my mind. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. It was it was good and and then it held for for the next race. It held pretty good, or at least enough to get through it and I ended up second in that one, so I qualified into Sunday, so that was that was just a huge relief in itself. <laughs> yeah. So, uh I wanted to know I kind of have my thoughts on the difference of the two-hour race to the one-hour race that we did on the amateur side of things. But what did you think? What were your kind of, you know, any any differences? Was it easier? Was it harder? Did you enjoy those little technical bits that they put in there for the one-hour race? Uh, in, the, in the race on Sunday? Oh, the sorry. Second? The Saturday the Saturday second race. Yeah, they, they put in some really uh, fun sections, like kind of going through that uh, – uh, the riverbed there, not, not like the, the really big one, but just the one kind of out back. I mean, you know, which one I'm talking about. Yep. That, that was a blast and they put in some good hills and it was just, it was kind of tough cause, cause you kind of caught some, some of the, uh, the slower guys and they were kind of getting stuck and you had to like really thread the needle in some spots to get by. <laughs> yes. And I noticed that, uh, the thread and the needle, what you're talking about, I noticed that for me on the second lap of the first race. Um, it, but thank God it was way better than last year. Last year there were bottlenecks. I mean, that had like almost 30 and 40 riders just sitting at the bottom or in the middle of certain sections. And then it was just horrible to try to even get by. This year, luckily, and I don't know, I, I want to say it's because they were running things backwards. And I think... The way last year, the way they ran it is you kind of had fast trail to a technical bit, but then fast trail to a technical bit. And the way running it backwards this year, the overall trail was easier, but you didn't have as much difference. Like everything was still felt technical. So there wasn't as many bottlenecks in one particular area. Like you just had guys kind of sporadically, you know, placed throughout the trail. 
but very little bottlenecks except for one or two bad hills, which is where I got caught up and had to push the bike and blah, 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 but which sucked. But, you know, that was, that was, you know, the time where you kind of got to thread the needle and you say, I'm not sitting because I learned last year, the second you start sitting is the second you're realizing those seconds that you sit there are times away from you making that two hour mark. And then of course being out of the 75 top riders, what was your opinion on them taking the top 75 regardless of the two hours? Um, I thought it was cool, you know, because I mean, I bet you a lot of people that are, are the last few riders that made it were probably super stoked, even though they were over the time limit and they were in the top 75. Yeah. And here's, and I'm, I'm totally for it. I thought that was awesome of them because I mean, that's why the amateurs are there. Like, and if we're willing to go out there and, and beat not just bike and, you know, bike and body up, let, let half go forward i i think that that's the way to do it you know minus the uh, the two hour mark now granted if they're like top 75 means like three hours sure maybe that should be a limit but like (laughs) if you can finish two laps you know and then still be in the in what would be the top 75 maybe that should be the limit it's top 75 that finish two laps yeah yeah something like that because i mean i know a lot of those riders like I mean, they, they're the ones that kind of make the whole event, like, happen. Like, there's a ton of amateurs out there, and the more riding time you give them, the, the better, you know, because they want to be out there for as long as they can, I'm sure. Yeah, and I was, yeah, like, to that point, I was super stoked. I think it was uh, Sean Finley from Digital Throttle was at the finish line when I came through for my two laps, and he goes, holy shit, dude, that's a good time. I'm pretty sure you made it or pretty sure you're going to make it because they didn't know about the fastest 75, obviously, at that point. And I was just like, no shit. I mean, I was like <laughs> immediately like, yeah, because nope. I was so upset last year to miss it by three minutes, you know, because they still had the two-hour uh, time limit yeah. last year. They didn't, nope. they didn't do that, so. Yeah, yeah, that would be rough to miss it by only three minutes. Oh. So then going into, we go into the, the afternoon race on Saturday, which you and I took part in, and obviously you, that's the one where you got second overall, right? Yep, that's the one. Okay, so JB Weld the bike, everything's going, you get the bike, you're ready to go, woohoo, okay, you're on row 15, they say go, and you just start hauling ass. So how did that race go for you? Did you really have any mis- mishaps? Um you said you had to thread the needle a couple of times and all that, and that happens. I know you're being a faster dude yeah. like yourself, though. You're probably used to passing people. So w- w- how did uh, that lap kind of go for you? Uh, that lap actually went went relatively smooth. I mean, uh, there was one hill where where quite a few people were stuck, but I managed to get up it pretty quick. And uh, but I mean, I really I just was kind of trying to save myself for Sunday because I kind of had a feeling that I was already qualified into Sunday. Like if I just kind of rode it safe and, and, and just kind of made sure I didn't get hurt. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it was a smooth lap. And, and I think that was probably one of the more fun laps I had all weekend was, was that second one on Saturday. Cause I mean, there was a lot of really flowy trail that was fast. And yeah. So, so fun. I was I was surprised by that myself. Uh, I I strangely did a good job between the races, kind of stretching, prepping the bike, um, you know, eating the right stuff, and just kind of staying and getting myself or staying, you know, getting rehydrated, but then staying yeah. hydrated as well. 
And I actually really, really enjoyed that that third lap that we did, which was the second race for us amateurs in the afternoon on Saturday. And I think, too, by that point, you know, the two laps that we had under our belt, we really kind of had a better idea what the trail, you know, where the trail went, how the trail flowed, and then as well how the trail was developing. Like, we kind of already knew, you know, this turn is going to take you into this uphill, but it's nowhere near as bad as it was in the first turn because this trail actually pushed all the rocks out as it developed. But then there were other ones, which were gnarly as a lot, because, you know, as you push rocks out, there's just more rocks and the more rocks. <laughs> they don't ever they don't ever disappear, so it actually gets more technical. But I think yeah. uh, us kind of having, you know, riding as they developed into them, uh, that really helped a lot. It was a lot more flowy. There was, though, the last good hill climb. Um, it was kind of like a, you take a right-hand turn around the tree, and you come up, and there was the bottleneck there on the second lap for me, and that's where I had some issues. But again, man, I don't know what was up with that hill if I just got... I think what it was is I was by that point you're just we're like 13 miles in I was beat I was tired and I kept letting my ass in just the weight go too far towards the rear end so I'd get too much weird traction and then I just felt like I was just pinballing up that hill I had all kinds of issues Mark Weeks and I got stuck in the same spot he probably got stuck because of me to be honest it was probably my fault because I was having so much trouble but luckily enough you know I dropped my bike I helped him up or helped push him up he dropped his and he he helped me get to the top so. We we continued onward, but holy crap, that hill was a beating. Dude, I saw Mark. Mark Weeks was stuck. He was holding his bike wide open, stuck on this rock, just spinning the rear tire. Like, I was like, "What are you doing?" (laughs) (laughs) Is that fun for you? Do you just love smoking out money? Is that cool? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, did you did you give uh, Mark Weeks a high five as you like flew by him or anything or hoot and holler? I just like I kind of yelled at him a little bit, just to make sure he knew that it was me. But nah, man, I should have done something though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you always gotta you gotta you gotta yell at the Texas boys because if you don't, they'll they'll talk shit on you. And granted, if you do, they'll talk shit on you anyway. But if you yell at them, at least that way you can remind them that you yelled X as you went by them as they were standing still smoking out their tire in a rock. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, though, those those Texas boys saved saved my whole race really like between saturday and sunday they were nothing but help you know especially on sunday when when we found more problems when when uh uh uh, the jv weld started leaking again and they actually they went and borrowed someone's clutch cover i don't even know where they got it from they just showed up with it and that was mark cook that guy has the ability to finagle free stuff Maybe not even free. He just has the ability to finagle stuff from people somehow. I think like I have the gift of gab. The problem is, is that just means I talk too much. Mark Cook has the gift of gab, and he knows how to talk by saying the right thing. So maybe I should. I need. To, that's what I need to figure out. Yeah, but I mean, what a good guy. You know, he was just he was nothing but help. I mean, all of them. I mean, Mark Weeks, Mark Cook, Chuck Long, Henry, um, Eric Medell, Rick Nolan, and uh, Steve. Collier, right? Yes. Collier? Collier. Collier. Uh, yeah. Man, what a good group of guys, though. They they changed my flat tire for me at the uh, before the top 25 race because I had a flat. I got a flat, like, within the first two miles of the, uh, the first knockout on Sunday after the hot lap. So I rode it back with the flat. Somehow managed to qualify into the top 25 with that. I don't, I don't know how, but. 
that was pretty crazy. And, and they were just like, they swapped my wheels instantly, swapped my brake pads. I mean, the bike was ready to go by the time my dad got back to the truck. <laughs> Jeez, man. Dude, I don't even know how to ride. I don't even think about riding that fast. I mean, does your throttle actually have a stop on it, or do you just like keep twisting it and it just continuously spins 360 degrees? Dude, it's so funny though because my YZ, like the throttle is so loose. Like that thing, like it hits hard, and and the throttle always feels so light on it. It's weird. Like it just goes right. Oh, we found out in the chat room. Thanks to the chat. Oh, oh, and he's going to drop his phone. That's okay, too. We just lost Hunter. No! Uh, Cody Potts, uh, a southern T-Sec boy, was the one who donated the clutch cover to you, Hunter. Oh, well, thank you, Cody. Yeah, so Mark Cook used his pretty mouth to get Cody Potts' clutch cover off of his bike. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's, that was a huge help, man. It saved my day. <laughs> uh, saved your whole weekend. And look, I mean, the way you were just kicking butt. So... Are you going to get a bike with an electric start in the near future? Ooh. You know, I think for for races like these, it's a must-have because I can't tell you how many times I was, like, stuck in that waterfall section. Like, every time I'd move five feet, my bike would stall, and I'd have to kick it two, three times because I had it flooded, you know. <laughs> <laughs> From it laying over? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm definitely thinking about it for next year. I mean, if anybody, if any big companies are watching, you know, <laughs> take a bike. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, see, I, I like the way that he thinks seat time is that big. Yeah, right. like, yeah, if any big company. Well, yeah, uh, what's the Brooks Hamilton, right? The J-Day dude. Uh, the yep. J-Day, uh, he's the KTM rep up there, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's a good friend of mine. I ride with him quite often. and uh, There you go. Yeah. I'm I I'm thinking about going orange next year. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. You don't even need to think about going orange. You just need to know that whatever you get needs to have an electric start. You could get a Yamaha 250 FX. You know why? It has an electric start. I promise yeah. you, an electric start changes everything. All the people that are like, ah, I just want to kick my bike. You're stupid. Electric starts <laughs> are awesome. Like James Hill and his KX 450. Ah, yep. whoa. I get it that he wants to help his buddy that has the shop that helps him out. Get one of the betas, bro. It has an electric start. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, man. what? It's so Dude. awesome. Yeah, the betas are sick. Yeah, I, so. They're cool. So we got some people in the chat room that are asking about all kinds of cool stuff. One of those is that you got a chance to do Erzberg this year. So tell us a little about your about your Erzberg experience. And then, of course, please relate Erzberg to the TKO because that way we can get a good idea of how those how you know it compares. Yeah, of course. Uh, my Erzberg experience was incredible is, is probably the best word because it's, well, I mean, you know, it's the event that like everybody knows. I mean, people that don't ride dirt bikes still like have seen it like somewhere on the internet, some crazy crash going on or people falling off the side of the, the, the big 20 foot drop. And I mean, when I say Right, but I can tell people that I race that it's it's pretty cool, and the the whole place in general is just like it's this massive quarry, and just to see how many people show up for that, and to see how gnarly the stuff is in person, it's just like the hills are endless, the the rocks are are the size of trucks, 
you know. <laughs> yeah. So I want to I want to know something. Being that you've done Erzberg now, that first climb out of the out of the out of the quarry, the one that yeah. you know, like the the first two rows seem to make it fine, but then the yep. second maybe two dudes start falling. It's after that it just seems that it's complete like luck of the draw if somebody's yep. falling in front of you or not. So just just tell me that like how just batshit crazy is that? Yeah, that uh, the hill itself when you have a clear line is not too bad. It's really, I mean, you got to hit it fast, obviously, but it's it's really not bad. What makes it tricky is when is when you have a ton of bikes kind of stuck on it. And I mean, at Erzberg for me this year, I actually, I missed my start because my uh, um, axle nut fell off at the starting line. So I had to go back and, and uh, tighten that up. And then when I got back, my line was taken off and, and it was just, you know, kind of starting from the back bikes everywhere. It was crazy. Like 60, 70 bikes all stuck on one hill. You're like, how did I get up this thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, did you, is it literally just kind of like, you just got to wait till you think you have a clear shot and you try to take it and then hopefully nobody's in the line you're going for? Yeah, that's about how it works. And if you are lucky enough to get a line, it's gone after about half a second. So when you see it, you better commit to it because it, it disappears fast. <laughs> wow. That's insane, man. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. So, uh, but okay, so Erzberg, we, we, we've seen our Rebel TV, seen a lot of the videos of the guys that have gone over there and had a chance to do it. It looks tough. It looks gnarly. It looks like something I'd love to be able to try to do one day. Don't know if that's ever going to happen, but we'd love to see if it could. But, so, you've done the TKO now, the Kinda Tennessee Knockout. How does that compare to what you did at Erzberg? Uh, to be totally honest, um... At Erzberg, I didn't really make it to to the gnarly sections like like Carl's Diner, you know. Um, so I really I can't really say for sure if that was gnarlier than than the TKO. But based on what I rode and the trails at the TKO, it's about the same. And I think that uh, the the famous waterfall section when we're going up that at uh, uh, the knockout, that is probably just as gnarly if not gnarlier than anything at Erzberg. I oh, think. Awesome. Yeah. And and it's it's obviously it's tough too I think because Erzberg is a different format than the TKO, you know. Erzberg is it's yeah. essentially a long 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 gnarly hair scramble, you know. It's one race where the TKO is that that knockout format, you know, that bracket style racing. So in in the sense of how you know, gnarly are the, is the terrain. Sure, it's like, and, and I think it seems that the way, just like what you've stated, um, in Erzberg, if you make it to the checkpoints by a certain time, you continuously get into the more gnarly stuff. Where yeah. it, and, and it's kind of the same at the TKO. Um, you know, if you make it past that first knockout like you did, you know, in the first one, you're going down the waterfall. In the second one, you're going up the waterfall. So, you know, it's... it's uh, yeah, and that's that going up that waterfall is way different than going down that waterfall. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think that uh, the bracket system is is really cool because I mean, I got the, the the chance to line up with guys like Mike Brown or or, or Kyle Redmond or, or Wild Wally Palmer. You know, it's yeah, cool. It's on the same line as them, and and you could kind of you kind of try and kind of gauge yourself by by following them and. 
I can't tell you how pumped I was when. Oh, there it goes. When, when your phone stayed up, right? Yeah, dude, dude, it's got legs. I don't know. <laughs> Why is your phone drunk, bro? Dude, I don't know. It's just, You're not even old enough to drink. Your phone wow. shouldn't be drinking. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, like, it was cool to to actually, like, have a guy like Kyle Redman in front of you. Like, I actually, in uh, the waterfall section, when I came into it, Kyle was still like kind of just getting up that first ledge that took me like like half hour to get up but he got up it fairly quickly um but i was so stoked when i came around the corner and i saw like all those guys still stuck in the waterfall and i'm like it's pretty cool like i'm i'm just 10 feet behind these guys it's pretty sweet (laughs) yeah and it's gnarly like it's one of those deals where you know those guys practice that kind of stuff on their big bikes and on their trials bikes all the time they know they, they know how to yeah. splat things they know how to they know how to stand and, and, and use their legs to really push into their suspensions so that they can not only create the torque with the engine but they're using it to drive their rear wheel into the ground pop the front end i mean there's all kinds of techniques that these guys get to practice on a daily basis that makes those guys yeah. so good at what they do so dudes like yourself, I'd love to say me, but honestly, I'm not one of those guys. Like I could not have done what you did, the way that you persevered and got your bike even 45 minutes afterwards getting it up that waterfall. I don't think I could have done that. Like that is epic epic determination. Maybe it's cuz you're a kid and you don't know any better and that's fine. I'll let you have it. Um but uh, it's awesome. I, mean, I it's love awesome. it. I love kind of kind of pushing myself farther than than like anyone else kind of like would, like when I felt like quitting was when I kind of felt like moving forward because I know that everyone else would would just stop if it took them thirty tries to get up that first ledge because it took me like thirty two tries, you know. Yep. <laughs> but I got it, and and that's, that's that's all that matters. I mean, it wasn't very wasn't very graceful, but I got up it. <laughs> yeah. You know. All right, so we're going to see you back next year at the TKO. Hopefully, you're going to make it to the final. I think that that would be pretty bitching. Hopefully, you got a bike with an e-start. You know, sure, you could say KTM, but honestly, there's some other great bikes out there that have electronic starts. I I think that if you're going to try to do some of these more technical events, that that's what you should get. Something that you feel comfortable riding that has an electric start because that will definitely make a big difference uh, on on how worn out you are. Like when you get stuck on the waterfall and you got to try 32 times. If you're just using your thumb to start the bike versus having to kick it every time, you're going to save a crap ton of energy and make it a lot uh, where you can sustain a lot longer. So that'd be really dude, cool. Dude, you're preaching to the choir. I I, I totally agree. <laughs> um, so uh, what do you do for a day job, Hunter? Apparently the chat room wants to know. Oh. <laughs> it's probably one of my buddies that are asking this. I. Uh, I work at Lego part time, like the toy. Go like on. The bricks. Yeah. Oh, believe me, I know what Legos are. Okay, I'm just, I'm just making sure. I was playing uh, with Legos before you were born, buddy. I got this. Right on. Um, I'm a model builder in uh, the model shop at uh, uh, the local office here in uh, Connecticut. Um, so I get to play with Legos and then get paid to do it. That's awesome. I would love that yeah. job. Uh, yeah, man. It's it's definitely crazy. I mean, one of my sponsors, actually, uh, Magical Go-Go, uh, the owner is a, or, or the co-owner is, uh, 
the uh, uh, creative director at Lego, and he's the one who's like, oh, you should come apply and try and work there. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, know? buddy. Oh, shit. I would love to do that. I mean, granted, you know, I don't know if I could have a, a part-time job building Lego models and, and support a family, but if anybody out there really wants that to happen, I could do it. Magical go-go co-owner person. Right on. I will make it work. But cool. Well, that's awesome. That's a lot of fun. So you do Netra. You do J-Day. You're one of them, them Northeast Rippers. You don't have too much of an accent, you know, but that's okay. No. Can you fake an accent? Like if you were to try to make make it like Nick Batten, like what does Nick Batten oh. sound like to you? Nick Batten is like just like super thick, dude, like from Boston, you know, just talking like JBR, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the the general, Nick Batten, yeah. the general. I don't yeah, know. It was no. when Robbie Marshall was on. That was epic because he was like he hated that. He like threw in the extra thick on purpose just to kind of like spice it up. And I was just yeah, like yeah. I couldn't stop giggling. It was it's awesome. Yeah. Like you just like want to oh, go. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, those guys. I mean, they just have a really good time and and kind of they just they love they love the boss and vibe and that's i mean that's where they're from that's what they that's what they grew up with it's sick to see though for sure yeah i wish uh i think i'm gonna have to go take some uh maybe if i can ever make it up there i'll i'll uh, hang out with them one night and try to pick up some lessons on how to speak boston and that way i can just kind of turn it on and turn it off and it'll be fun for all yeah. it'll be like going to a bar and pretending i'm australian you know but i'll be yeah. bostonian and chicks will dig yep. it right oh yeah I wonder what my wife would do. She'd be like, oh, Boston boy, hello. Yeah, yeah, good thing she's not watching right now. I know. Well, no, I'm saying if it would turn her on. It could, it, wow. it, it could turn other people on, that's fine. Nothing's going to happen, but, you know. But if it turns her on, then I'm definitely in. Right on. Uh, right. I think it, yeah. <laughs> what do you got to lose? <laughs> yeah, what do I got to lose? A night on the couch? Oh, that's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's okay. That's not going to happen. Well, dude. So Netra J Day, you're gonna be racing some of that the rest of this year. Yep. All right. That's, what classes? Uh, A250, and uh, if my 125 still running, I'll run the Pro 125 class at the J Days as well. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of try try and mix it up with the with the pros, you know, to kind of get a feel for for well. Uh, hopefully next year I'll make the Pro class and and kind of grind it out for for a while and. See what happens, <laughs> dude. So, if motorcycle racing though doesn't go your way, are you gonna like become like? Uh, are you gonna go like start practicing for Shark Week, so you can go dive with the sharks? For Shark Week, yeah. Um, I don't know about that. Dude. I'm terrified of sharks. I mean, I mean, I've been diving in the ocean, and it's it's uh, it's kind of sketchy. Have you been diving before? Nope, never have. Love to do it though. I've been snorkeling, and, you know, but not like official snorkeling. You, know, you go buy the shitty dollar, the shitty, the, the twenty dollar kit or whatever from the store, yep. and you take it to the beach, and you're like, ah, all of a sudden you got salt water in your eye, and you're screaming. That's, that's no fun. But the legit snorkeling looks like it would be cool. But then the diving stuff would be even more bitching. So yeah, right. <laughs> I think so. No, we got more people in the chat room giving you a hard time. That's where the shark thing came from. Yeah, let's hear it. Oh no, that, that that's what it was. They were saying that you were uh, that they needed me to verify that you're terrified of sharks. Oh man. So, do you have your medal with you? My medal. It's uh it's actually out in the other room right now. Look at I this. Mean, How exci- Come on, man, you're not excited. I'm like I'm going to I wore this dude, to bed. 
Yeah, I yeah, you did. That's it. I mean, that's it though. That's all I wore. It's so funny. Uh, the uh, uh, the Mexican joint right by the TKO. If anyone watching ever goes to the Tennessee Knockout, Las Margaritas, best Mexican joint I've ever been to. Right down the road, and all all the Texas boys all wore their medal. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds like the the big bolsterous egotistical sons of bitches that we are. So, oh yeah, dig it. <laughs> That's how we roll. That's how we roll. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, I have to say, again, it was awesome meeting you. It was great meeting your father. Um, yeah, and it's, you. it's funny that you mentioned that you're the kid uh, at Erzberg at that uh, didn't have your axle nut on tight because I've heard about that kid. I just didn't know that kid was you. So yeah. you, your stories made it uh, around the world, and the people that don't know who you are know about you and your story about forgetting to actually tighten your axle nut. Hey, it wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. I the the mechanic was supposed to tighten it. <laughs> mm. I I hear you, but still, your axle nut, bro. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we paid the you paid the wrong people. <laughs> <laughs> but well, dude, no, keep keep up the good work. Uh, it was awesome meeting you guys. You're a class act, dude. Your dad's super fun to hang out with. I know that the tech, all the other Texas boys got a little bit more of a chance to kick it with you guys. Um, but you know, I was running around doing pictures and obviously most of the time you and I were racing at the same time. You were just going faster than I was, which is understandable. Um, so keep it up, dude. And just keep us, uh, keep us in tune with how everything's yep. going for you. And hope if nothing else, we'll see you next year at the TKO. Yeah, that sounds good. If you ever come North, you, you got a place to crash. I'm in man. No, we really do want to make it to one of the J day events. Uh, last year I threw a bug at, uh, or a little birdie whispered in John's ear that you know, I could be a really good MC for the J Day banquet. Um, so, yep. well, I don't know. Maybe we'll see that come to fruition this year. Maybe not. You know, I don't like me that much, so probably not going to happen. But hey, whatever. It'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> All right, dude. You take it easy. Thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man. You too. Peace. Later. Later. All right. So, Hunter Newworth. Newworth. I never even learned how to pronounce his last name. How how pathetic is that? Got to say, that kid is awesome. His dad's super cool. So glad that we got to meet him. Uh, big thanks to all of our Texas dudes, too, showing them so much love and helping them out. As I said, I didn't really get a chance to, to kind of be involved with that as I was running around doing doing all the media stuff uh, and, and James and things of that nature. So I wasn't doing James. James was doing media stuff with me. That came out a little weird. Just wanted to clarify before all of a sudden the fucking chat room blows up because I know it's going to you anyway. So there's always that. So, of course... Seat time. Some of the stuff we're looking forward to coming up this weekend is the Jack Pine National Enduro. So we're going to see a lot of the National Enduro dudes out there racing again. It's super excited to see that going. It's going to be hot for those dudes. There's no way around that. So hopefully the guys that are wearing their fly racing are going to be in their kinetic mesh gear trying to be just that tad bit cooler. I like it. It's going to be a good time for those guys. And of course, they should be running their kin to tires out there. I think an equilibrium would be really good to run. It'd be nice and fun. If not, maybe one of them bitching with Shugle 2s in the rear and in the front. Ow! Um, and then, of course, Stillwell Performance Suspension. That's the best stuff out there. I run it. You should try it. You should call them up. Say, hey, guys, what's going down? I want to check it out. And, of course, the more you say, hey, I learned about you guys on Seat Time, the better chance that they're going to give you a discount because of the badassery of this show. Um, man, what else is coming up? we got drop catches. Huge, huge shout-out to Vicky Fowler. 
who, lo and behold, is uh, Fowler, XC1 Quad Racer's mother. I was like, what? Walker Fowler's mom? Are you kidding me? She's like, yeah. I was like, I never put two and two together. That's how much I pay attention. So thank you very much, Vicky Fowler, for not only buying a drop catch, but using the crap out of it. I didn't get a picture of it, but apparently she had people over at her trailer the whole weekend just amazed at how well it worked. And of course, as it you know, as the more you use it, the more it grows because of the way that it's magnetic and works. So check it out at the site. Um, ctime.co there's a button for shop and the drop catch is in there Um, of course i'm not going to be at many races so i'm going to be shipping it to you i will be having surgery next week so we're going to kind of figure out what's going on with the shows we'll have one more show next tuesday before i have surgery and then we'll kind of figure things out from there and then of course steven is going to be having well not steven physically steven's wife and family will be accepting a new child into the world which is going to be awesome so we're going to be having some fill-ins for steven uh, doing the producer role. So, of course, in the next two months, things are going to be a little up in the air. We're, we're going to make it work, though, because we like doing the show and we like talking with all of you guys and all the racers out there. So, big thanks to Cody Webb for coming on the show. It sucked that he had to drop off, but hey, man, the dude's popular right now. It's awesome. I'm glad that everybody's getting him coverage. That's what needs to happen for a guy like Cody Webb. So, and then a Hunter as well from J Days, the badassery that he did this past weekend. Really appreciate him coming on the show. I'm Brian Pierce. I am your host. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter on all the social networks everywhere out there. It's at Woody B Pierce if you want to follow myself. And of course, Seat Time, we're everywhere. We have our site is seattime.co. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash seat time. On Twitter, it is at seat time underscore co. And Instagram is at seat time. We will have. Uh, so we're going to have a lot coming out from TKO. We're going to have our TKO Raw, just like we did last year. So if you're still waiting for that, it will be probably a little bit later in the week till I can get that done. A lot going on. Uh, but if you want to just look around for TKO Raw, Raw, from la- Raw from last year to satiate yourself. And, of course, we're going to have the Photo Epic. Again, that'll probably be later next week when that's done. And then after that... Once I have my surgery, we're going to get some more footage from that. We're going to put together another episode of Riding with Woody, so we're going to talk about uh, all the fun stuff uh, a little bit more. Obviously, the Riding with Woody episode of the TKO and my surgery. So those will be coming up in the future, so just pay attention to the website. And, of course, subscribe to YouTube. It's the best way to get alerted quickly when we do upload new videos, which they'll be coming to you almost daily at this point. So, yeah, thank you very much. See you next week. Peace.